What's going on, everyone? Matt Galambos. This is the G&G Show with my co-host, Alex Gallius. We both played football together at the University of Pittsburgh. Really excited to get this uh, show uh, started for you guys. We have a really jam-packed uh, show today. We're talking all things pit football and college football throughout this series. Alex, what are we talking about today? Well, Matt, we're going to be talking about a lot of things today in this episode. The inaugural episode we're going to be talking about the Syracuse game talk about our post-game analysis we're going to talk about rivalry week the college football playoff Heisman talk and then we're going to dive deep into the ACC championship preview at the end let's hop in immediate thoughts of the game yesterday what's the first thing that comes to mind well first thing for me obviously it was a very historic win first time Pitt has won 10 games in the regular season since 1981. So, well, also with that, <clears throat> you had Syracuse fighting for bowl eligibility as well. So there was actually a lot lot on the line going into this game, and there was some intensity. And um, just uh, looking at Syracuse's defense, I mean, they came out pretty aggressive early against us, and we're really keen on our best players, you know, keen on Addison, um, and they were forcing Kenny Pickett to make some uh, tough decisions. I mean, they're you know throwing five, six guys, um, getting some getting some pressure on them at first. And what I think what we wanted to do was, um, which is what Syracuse did a good job keying on first was get the ball to Addison. And at first, you know, we we're trying to run those bubbles. Um, they just weren't working uh, from the get go, and which then led to you know, Mark Whipple having to make some adjustments. And when they started chipping away at the run game, that's when they started having success. Um, but first half, I mean, for the offense, I mean, stuff was looking pretty, uh, you know, pretty bland. We really weren't getting any momentum going on. I mean, what, what, what were some of your thoughts? I mean, this, this was definitely a trap game for sure. Um, just because coming off a huge win, you got the ACC Coastal locked up. You're going into the last game. You're playing against a Syracuse team, like you said, only had five wins. It's easy to let up going into that last game. And defensively, the first quarter, you know, really the first that first drive, you know, you start looking at it like, man, like <laughs> they were definitely – you kind of had that feeling of like, okay, we need to wake up here. We need to kind of put the foot on the gas and stake in the ground um, to try to get a stop. And they wind up doing that. I mean, the defense just – this. They, I think what the, the running back who leads – when he leads the ACC and he only had about 30 yards rushing for the game. Yeah, and it, it was interesting too because, you know, even though Syracuse only had five wins going into this game, like they had some athletes. Like um, I, I thought Schrader showed some pretty good stuff. Um, their, their, their quarterback, he obviously had the ability to run the ball, good stature, 6'4", mm-hmm. 230. And Jackson was a good receiver for them. Obviously, they're trying to get the ball to him. And, you know, with Tucker – you know, setting the Syracuse single season rushing record says a lot because we're comparing it to the likes of Jim Brown, Ernie Davis, Floyd Little, some of those legendary right. running backs that came out of Syracuse that really put Syracuse on the map. So right. I just thought it was shocking seeing their record and saying, like, they're really not that bad of a team. Like, um, they, they, they guess that's players. every year. Right. Like, it's like that every year. Like, they're, uh, they're in the other side, they're in the Atlantic. Um, and they just, I feel like every year are just in every game. Like, rarely do you see them get blown out. They always play Clemson tough when Clemson was high um, and they were the favorites. And they just – every single game they came in and, you know, it was a battle. But the record never really showed it. So that was always a trap game as well, playing them. You're like, oh, you look at a record. Well, it's not just a record. 
like, man, this is actually a solid group of team, uh, good coach. But um, yeah, it was good to see that we we started pulling away. Obviously, we were favored to win the game by a good amount. It was close in the beginning, um, but it was good that we actually, you know, showed that we can, you know, kind of blow them out and have that margin of victory a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and just starting off, um, you know, Syracuse's defense. I mean, they're, they're from what I saw. I mean, they're they're pretty high motor defense. Um, being a three man three three five defense, um, you know, obviously did a good job pre- pressuring Kenny Pickett. You know, for an offensive line, yeah. It, but also, not 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 to mention for for the pit offensive line, uh, their starting center Owen Drexel got hurt. It's um, big re, re, in the beginning. So for the offensive line, for the center to go down, I mean that that that's big because like you have like the central mind, like you had the field general that you know is capable of making the calls and having to adjust to that. So they shifted, you know, Blake Zubovic, who usually plays guard, they put him in at center, and I think. They the play call was a little bit conservative at first because I think Whipple wanted to get uh, Zubovic's feet a little wet and getting comfortable and making the slide calls, um, which is why which is probably why they probably, they were probably trying to throw the ball at first before like they actually started getting into the run game. I think a lot of people don't realize that. Like a lot of people don't realize that as a center, like you're, you're you and a quarterback are a connection of the offense. You know, making the slide calls or you know pointing out the mic in a run game pass game uh, so like you said once somebody goes down like that it's tough to um, you know have that guy come in and just take over you know it is a next man up mentality but in terms of knowledge it's tough if you don't see it live in a game uh, to make those adjustments and make those calls yeah absolutely and well especially against the oaky front where you know the key with you know an oaky type defense is you know deceiving the offensive line on how many guys that you're bringing because I noticed a few times that, mm-hmm. you know, Syracuse, you know, showed that they were bringing six, you know, the three D linemen, the three linebackers, but then like ended up only bringing five. So that's like a five on five matchup with the offensive line and the guys that they're bringing. But at the end, it's it's all based on the right call of the center making, whether it's, you know, bot protection, where it's just straight up man or, you know, calling a slide to where the line slides one way and you leave the running back with like the last guy left on the line of scrimmage to take the opposite side. and. Um, you know, again, you know, just complimenting Syracuse's defense again, like they did a good job pressuring Kenny Pickett early and our running backs didn't really do a good job of protecting the quarterback. Um, you know, I, I saw Hammond get pushed back uh, on that one sack, um, Vincent Davis whiffed on another block. And for, with, with that, you know, that, that you're like, they're the last line of defense with, 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 with pass pro and they really weren't doing a good job early on. Yeah, a lot of times you got to scan too. Um, you know, if you're that running back, you got to make sure because if you're just looking at one spot and say, okay, my linebacker's right there or the end man's right there, and then, you know, defense comes out, do some twists and turns, you have to realize, okay, now I'm going to, you know, a different spot and I got to make sure I get basically the most dangerous man, you know, closest guy coming to the quarterback. It's tough. I know uh, um, that, that freshman running back thing you said, Hammond. Um, so, I mean, he'll learn over time. I like how he runs, I like how Izzy runs. I like running backs to just run hard and get downhill. Even Vincent Davis had a great game, uh, too. I think he had almost about right around like 80 yards. Uh, rushing was pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, he he stepped up big, and um, Abanacanda being hurt, like he didn't make the trip. So there was a lot of concern on, okay, do we really want to run the football? Do we really not? And, uh, you know, w- with that approach, obviously there, there's some uncertainty 
Um, things were a little bit jumbled at first, but um, what was good was when they did start to run the ball, you know, mid second quarter and they just kept chipping away at it. You know, you saw some situations where they were in third and two, third and one, and as opposed to being in, you know, third and 12, third and 14 type situations mm-hmm. um, where um, they kind of just adjusted, you know, when they're in those short yard of situations against an undersized D lineman or, or a D line like Syracuse, um, that's where you just take advantage of the physical game, start winning those short yardage battles, and uh, that's kind of where the momentum started coming around. Just just wearing them down. Like once you could set the tone with the run, like it's it's grueling on the defense if every time like you got to get in, you're like, okay, we need to make a stop. If you're the offense, you can set that tone, you know, say, hey, when it's third and short, fourth and short, we are running the ball. You can't be one-dimensional ever. So I think it was, it was definitely a good balance. Uh, yesterday for sure sure and with that as well you know you're putting their you're putting Syracuse defensive front um in uncertainty as well because you know if you're set up in third and 14 third and 12 or whatever you know you're putting you know their guys in the best position to use their best skill sets um you know they're smaller more athletic um which then, you know, you're giving them time, you're giving them situations to use speed rushes, pass moves, you know, you're letting them use their best skill sets. And which early on, you know, Pickett was forced out of the pocket. Um, he's even sacked a couple times. He's running. Yeah. Right, absolutely. And once we got on that, you know, first touchdown scored was great. Uh, it was a very nice screen to Hammond to cap off the first drive, first TD drive where they had a, you know, a bunch of trips to the left. And within that bunch, you had, you know, Jordan Addison, you had Lucas Kroll. So you had some pretty imposing guys to where the defense had to really focus on them and had to respect mm-hmm. and then, you know, sneak out a little slip screen on the backside, um, which giving uh, Gabe Hoy um, the right guard, getting out flat, getting on the apex defender, making an excellent block um, for Hammond to just, you know, run up the lane and get it into the end zone for the first score. I tell you the play calling over the last uh, compared this season versus the last couple of years, you know, I love like we're Whipple first couple of years. I think myself, a lot of pit fans, we are very concerned with all of the horizontal play calling, not pushing the ball downfield, not feeling like we could use some of the weapons that we had. Now we have weapons that are even better now. And we actually are pushing the ball downfield with a running game. I mean, offense is just, it's very explosive. I just have loved the play calling throughout the entire season uh, offensively. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, I- I'm definitely guilty with um, being part of that crowd where, Oh, like the system's horrible. Like we can't, like we literally can't do anything, which like, yeah, on, on the surface. Yeah. We really couldn't do anything, but I guess what happens is I-, I guess it takes time for a guy to really work in his system. And obviously yeah. a- as cliche as it sounds, you know, an offense clicks when you have the best players in the best positions. And, you know, with our situation, um, even, you know, when Pitt struggled to where they are now before, they didn't have a go-to tight end. Now we got Lucas Kroll. Not only Lucas Kroll, we got Gavin Bartholomew as well. He is a dog. He is a mix between that, that, that he-man. Our guy, stick. JP, Holtz, <laughs> the number, and Scott Orndorff. I mean, the dude can play. Like, I – I love dudes that could just ball and are just very physical. And both the tight ends are extremely physical, which I love. So it just kind of, you know, goes with the entire setting the tone, Pittsburgh, you know, Coach Andrews said, yeah. you know, blue collar, like it's a blue collar team. 
uh, and you know, scoring a lot of points is just it's tough to beat a team like that. Absolutely, no, and, and you know, j- just that you mentioned, you know, JP Holtz and Scott Orndorff. Pitt hasn't had good tight ends since they left until now. Like not now, we got the right guys in the right position. You know, only to add on Addison Wayne. You know, you got Tazier Mack who's been here for a few years. You got some threats out there. You know, for Kenny Pickett to throw to, and w- which made which has made our offense more dynamic. Also, too, working in the run game, offensive line um, has been so much better. And I think it, it has to do with the experience um, and uh, the, the depth. Because you, you got about four seniors, and to include a, a transfer out of Maryland, Marcus Miner, who, by the way, was absolutely getting after it last night. Him and Carter Warren on the left side providing the cutback lane for Vincent Davis to cut back on the inside zone run game. And we're chipping away at six yards a game. When you got that going on, like – you know, you, you really got a good good machinery humming there. Um, to, so line, not only point. like running the ball, like you just get a better feeling, obviously, for your quarterback. I haven't seen, I don't think, a ton of holding penalties when Kenny is out of pocket. Kenny likes to make things, you know, he likes to make plays for himself, you know, kind of get out of the pocket. Uh, and he's he's got a lot of plays, you know, throughout the season where he's done that. And usually you see if someone gets out of the pocket, there's going to be some type of hold. And I feel like we haven't seen a ton of that. And that's your tributes to kind of them understanding how Kenny is and just kind of, you know, blocking that space uh, and just making sure that there's a nice wall uh, somewhere, you know, hey, he might come back this side uh, and things like that. So I think it's been it's been a good combo uh, for the entire Yeah, a- a- absolutely. And from what I saw last night, um, it- it's all on, you know, obviously good technique, good finish and just aggressiveness. Um the, the edge, like both tackles did a great job of protecting uh, Kenny last night to extend those plays to where um, I even saw at a Carter Warren a couple times, who by the way is going to the senior bowl, um, where Roscoe, one of Syracuse's best, you know, D lineman, very fast, uh, short 6'1", 275, pretty athletic. Um, DN working out there on the edge. You know, sometimes you got to work more of a vertical pass set to where you'll get, okay, maintain inside leverage. Don't let him go inside, force him to go outside. And then with that, Warren did a great job of getting on the hip of the DN. And at that point, if he gets past your shoulder, it kind of tur- turns into a run block to where you get him upfield and you just keep running him upfield, creating that room for Kenny to just step up or just step off to the side and really roll out and extend the play that much farther. So him and um, Matt Gonkalvis, who is another young guy, sophomore, they did a good job protecting the edges and really extending the edges as well by just being more physical out on the edge and giving Kenny more time to make those throws. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing I did want to bring up, there was a return. You know, I'm obviously a little more biased for the defense. The return from my guy, uh, Dennis, that middle linebacker on defense is an absolute dog. Um, we won't get into the targeting uh, too much. Not a big fan of it, but the fact that he was out for the entire game, after the first possession last week was huge in a, in a very pivotal game uh, for the team. So him coming back, you know, another great game. And the dude is a ball hawk is all over. I think one thing with the defense is they're just, they just fly around. Like you just love watching the energy and kind of how, you know, we used to talk swarming, uh, swarming the offense and whoever has the ball and they, they're just around it. And obviously the D line under Partridge over the last really two, three years have been only on the rise. I mean, I feel like they lead, Lead the nation in sacks almost every year. It's just it's phenomenal. Oh yeah, no Par- Partridge is definitely um, a huge part of that coaching staff. You know, not to only talk about his background. I mean, the last time he was at Pitt, I mean, he had 
he recruited Jabal Sheer, Greg Romeus, um, you know, some absolute, you know, tanks um, that were playing that, you know, obviously Sheer went on to go have a long career in the NFL. But not only that, I mean, he was a co-D coordinator at Wisconsin and, you know, led them to a Rose Bowl. So the guy has pedigree, he has experience, and, you know, seems like he's he's bringing in some absolute dogs uh, in the trenches up front. I mean, you obviously – Very see, fast. Yes. Yeah, and they're very fast, very good with their hands, which we like to see. You know, we played with Aaron Donald, obviously, when you know, I was a freshman. Everyone knows how good he is. I mean, he was doing that every play at practice, every game, but his quickness and his hands uh, and his speed off the ball, you see that a lot with some of these guys too, how quick they could get off and, and make something happen. It's just, it's exciting to watch the defense, especially when it's third downs or money down. We got the Delta defense out there, got a third down D where they're just, you know, there's guys all over the place. Like you said, the offensive linemen, it's tough to see when you guys got standing up, how many are coming, you know, how many do we have to protect? Now the running back, let's say you got a younger running back in there. Okay, who do I have? Then some guys drop off. Like it's tough on that third down to, to block our guys on defense. Yeah, I mean, especially when you got those big guys, you know, kind of jumbling up the line as well. And you got, you got Casey, you got John Morgan in there where on those third downs, you run those twists where, you know, those big guys are going out toward the edge. You're kind of, it's kind of setting up like a smoke screen distraction to where the line's going with them. By the way, you got a smaller athletic dude turning around, coming up underneath coming free and you got a free lane like that coming in. I mean, that, that just creates havoc. Um, Especially we can do some picks. If you have like an interior twist and you're the first guy, instead of just, you know, kind of running into somebody, you're almost getting your hands on that guard and kind of pushing them out of the way. And then you're getting upfield for that second guy to come in too. Some guys usually just kind of stay on that guard and just, you know, give themselves up as, you know, some of the best blitzes and some of the best defenders do that where they do that and then come off uh, and then have that trail guy come in. Uh, is huge. Yeah, seems like, you know, Coach Dews is, you know, finally getting his guys. I mean, you know, working the same same kind of scheme and um yeah, man. He's gonna he's gonna live and die by it. He's gonna live and die by it no matter what. It's his scheme. You know, sometimes even when I was playing, sometimes you get burnt and then sometimes you get, you know, five sacks a game and just stop the, you know, stopping the run, 30 yards rushing. So it's tough. Uh he definitely lives and by lives and dies by that that scheme and that defense. And that's just, it's very, it's a good complex defense um, with a lot of opportunity, especially if you're a guy who likes to get to the quarterback and stop the run for sure. It's just high energy. Yeah. This is our almost during the biggest week in terms of rivalries that this is the game. How do you feel with that? I think it's a good game to have. Um, It's remnants of the old big East. I mean, they, they have been playing each other for a very long time. And it usually is. Like, it, it, it's a tough game. You know, even the, la- the last time that we were in the Carrier Dome, I mean, it was a close game, 27-20. Um, and even, like, you know, you know your, your time to shine, you, you and wins with a fake pun back in the day. Like, you know, they're, they're always tight games. Um, but that's, that's, that's just not our game, you know. Um, Obviously, if you look at the history of pit football, there was just so much more excitement with, you know, obviously Penn State. I mean, that 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 should probably, we'll, and we'll get into Penn State later, but also too like West Virginia, which is also great that they're they're starting to bring that game back, which which is what the, what they need. Um, but for that to be the the rivalry game, biggest week of the year. When you think of rivalry week, it's 
Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. You got Florida, Florida State. You got the Iron Bowl, uh, you, you know, with uh, Alabama and Auburn. You have these massive games. We're not – Pitt-Syracuse is not up there. No one is getting fired up for that. No. I think I think it's good. I think they should play every year. It should either be the first game of the season or the first kind of ACC opener. I think there is a lot of history there. Um, you know, since 2005, we were Pitt is 15 and two. The rivalry is back and forth, back and forth. You know, they even look at Ohio State, Michigan, how good of a game that was, and all the energy when Michigan won. You know, the like the fans just get so into it. I mean, you, you look at these games; it's just, it's tough. Like, there's just not a ton of like throughout the week, like a rah rah, like oh, I can't wait. You know, it's just. It's just so different, but I think it is good. They should keep the game, obviously. You know, like you said, it goes back to the Big East. There's a lot of history with that with basketball, football. Keep it. It just should not be the last game of the year. Well, like what, 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 like you said, going back on the energy aspect of what a rivalry is. Like, this is a game that everyone anticipates coming up to. Like, what you usually see when you watch rivalry games on TV is like a packed stadium. Like, you, like yeah. it is absolutely low to the gills. The Carrier Dome was, like, half full last night. I, yeah. I, I'm seeing that. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, this yeah. team's, like, fighting for a bowl game. It's their senior night. And yeah, really good, a really good opponent coming in. You know, if, you like, if you're a fan of football, come watch a Heisman candidate yeah. <laughs> at the game. It, it, it just baffled me. And, like, I know that the Carrier Dome, like, isn't that big. Like, you could, you could easily bring in a, a good amount of people to, to fill it up and actually bring some noise to it. Yeah, it's just the whole energy. I mean, not to mention, you know, the the, the broad, C team, the broadcast crew. Yeah, the C team commentating. I mean, that was. I think it's your. It's a prime time Saturday night game. Like we said, we already talked about. They're fighting for a bowl game. We're fighting for ten wins, which is huge. And I, it was it was embarrassing. Like it, you wanted to almost go to sleep listening to it. Um, it was with the energy and the emotion during the game. Yeah, absolutely. It could have put me. It could, could have put me to sleep. Um, so, I think. That shows you right there that that shouldn't be that shouldn't be the main rivalry game that we really build that up to. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I said, play every year. I think it's good, no matter what the records are. Even like we talked about Syracuse, like they're going to it's going to be a good game regardless. When I was a senior, it was seventy-seven to whatever. It was the highest scoring game at the time, which is ridiculous. And then obviously the year before that, we had a nice little fake punt. My guy uh, Winslow, phenomenal, great play. Ton of energy, and then our boy Blue went and kicked the uh, game-winning field goal. So it's always, always a good game anytime we play them. Absolutely. Um, so who do you think? Do you think uh, it's okay? It should it be both West Virginia, Penn State every year, or do you think it should be one or the other? Who do you think that they should play uh, every single year as their their number one rival, not just a home and away? or a four-game stint, and then we don't play for 20 years. I mean, every year they're on the schedule. I think it could be easy to work West Virginia in. What makes it hard is the, the, the whole conference realignment thing. And Of course, yeah. Um, if, if there's some way that you could, like, alternate Penn State and West Virginia, you know, year in and year out, I think that that would be a good – it's kind of like what we do at Notre Dame. You know, like, you, you know, we play once every two years. I think that yeah. that'd be a good setup, um, but the thing—I mean, the game that we want and everyone wants—is Penn State. Like that, 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 that. 100. It's an in-state, in-state rivalry. Right, in-state rivalry. That, no matter, no matter what, we had 
there was uh, I was watching the Alabama Auburn game last night, and the they were talking about they just got a brand new head coach, and they said as soon as he the first opening press conference they said are we going to win the Iron Bowl, like or like that's all they're worried about. So like regardless of if your team is projected to win two wins or undefeated, that rivalry that's all fans are going to care about at that time. Say are we going to beat Penn State if we play them that year? Because then you got bragging rights for the state for the entire year. And then the next year it renews. Well, they, it, so, it, it makes them more fun. I mean, it, it, not only that, I mean, you, you got recruiting too. You, you, yep. you got recruiting ties that e- even amp up that the, the competition even more. It makes it fun. I mean, you, you remember the, the last time, you know, we were at Pitt. We were there. We were there for the, the, the first game when they brought it back for the Keystone Classic back that in – my senior year. Yeah, that was – it was, the, it was the attendance was the most people at Heinz Field ever. I don't know if it's changed since then, but at the time, it was the most people down there at Heinz Field. It was yeah, it was a lot of people. the most Heinz yeah. The not only Heinz Field, the city of Pittsburgh, the the, the biggest sporting event in terms of attendance for the city of Pittsburgh in, in its history. I mean, you go back and watch the watch the recap or watch the field pass on YouTube, like dude, like. But Crazy. how loud the stadium was! The stadium was just as yep. loud for when Pitt scored as it was for when Penn State scored. Like, it's it's just out of control and it's nuts. Like, even even if you're Penn State and you see, how could you not want that? Seriously, I, I, yeah, I do not want you, that. Why would you not want one? Besides all the like, you know, the passion, the recruiting, the fans, like even money. If you want to talk money, like those games are just every single year. You're gonna have a packed stadium regardless, wherever it is. Is it State College? Well, if it's in Pittsburgh, you're guaranteed it's going to be sold out. Everyone is going to that game. They're canceling everything on the calendar. They're going to a Pitt-Penn State game no matter what time of year it is. And I think it should be the last game of the season I think would be phenomenal. Now, it's different. Like you said, with the conferences, it's tough. But Georgia does Georgia Tech, so it, you know you could make it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that's a great example that you bring up right there. It's like you know schools with two different conferences. You could definitely make it work. And I can't – like. I don't even know if Penn State has a rivalry now in the Big Ten. What Michigan State? They, they don't. They, they, they don't. They don't. They try. They, they try to make it a rival with uh, you know the the Land Gray Trophy or whatever it is. But yeah, hey, hey, you know what? They're unrivaled, man. They're unrivaled. I think they were uh, so what seven five this year, four and five in conference. That's tough, but yeah. You know. And they they and they think they're too good for us. And it's like okay, it's tough, <laughs> but I think every single year it should be on the schedule regardless. I think it's a, there. There, there are Absolutely. no cons to it at all. I think it's only pros for it to have sure. that game. Well, even like the last game they played too it was a really good game, really close, seventeen ten final score. I was there at Beaver Stadium. Like it, it it's yeah. cool. Like it, it it's what Listen, makes I, it fun. You got to make it fun for. I can't make it fun for the kids. I can't talk about the, the four game skid or the the how we're one and three. I can only talk about hey, I was one and zero. Oh. I can leave that forever. We played the first game, one and zero. We're done. Here, yeah. That's it. Um, I think bringing it back, like they have to, um, I think it's key. It's crucial. And you and you're more of the West Virginia pit robbery. I mean, I, I didn't really follow that more on the, um, you know, just being from the East side from Philly. Um, but I know there's a lot of, obviously a lot of bad blood in that too. And I think that'd be really good. Um, and that they are bringing that back. Oh yeah. I think what next year. I think yeah. they, I think they are um, a lot of anticipation. But even like I, I even talked to a couple uh, West Virginia fans because every time I run into someone from you know West Virginia or wearing West Virginia stuff, or they see that I'm wearing Pitt stuff, um, you know, obviously they say the typical thing that you know every West Virginia person says. But even after that, the first thing they'll say is, "Man, I can't wait for that game to be back." 
It's like there's already anticipation already. It's a tradition. School, Both schools are within like an hour and a half, two-hour drive of each other. Um, I mean, it's a pure blue-collar, old-school type fight. Which, I mean, obviously, why they, why they call it the backyard brawl. And I remember growing up with it. I think my fond pit memory of the West Virginia game was obviously the, the 13-9 game. Um, coming into that, they got Pat, they got Pat White, Steve Slayton, Noel Devine. They they were absolutely the number two team in the country. That's only mentioned they they had um, the Remington Trophy winner at the center, Dan Moses. Um, oh, and, and Owen Schmidt at fullback. So, like, oh my God, like the, these guys are are loaded. Number two team in the country. That game was in Morgantown. House is packed. Everyone's ready for them to go to the national championship. Not to mention that their band at halftime spelled out BCS. <laughs> so like they're they're coming in. Hey, red carpet set. We're ready to roll. We're going all the way. We're going to the national championship game. Obviously, they were overlooking. Not so fast. <laughs> Not so fast, my friend. And uh, you know the the boys and the boys in the blue and gold came down from Pittsburgh and you know put on a show. Shady McCoy balling out and. Pat Bostick forever enriched in pit football history. And you have that rivalry every year. You just think of, regardless of what the your records are, you just think of moments. You think of plays from a certain game. You know whether it's a fourth down stop, whether you know fake punt, whatever it is. Where you just think of, you know, oh, they were ranked number two, and you still went down and beat them. You know, whatever. That's big. Like that's what a rivalry every single year is. You just pick these moments. Each game is different. Um, it's just it, I don't know. They got to they got to do Penn State. I think I, I would favor Penn State, but obviously they could work in West Virginia every now and then. I think it'd be good. Well, I, th- I think bringing back the West Virginia game is a, a good first step in actually bringing back some rivals back into the the, the pit football culture. And you know the the, the fans want Brings more energy. Yeah, back. They, they, it, we, yeah, we just need to keep bringing back the energy back to this program. And you know, obviously, the ten win season is huge. Um, massive big step for the program and, and and that's what I've been talking about the whole time leading up to this game it's like I'm even seeing some stuff are they going to sit sit some players get them ready for the AC championship because I saw that too yeah it was I'm yeah. like no you don't do that no. this isn't professional this isn't NFL every win matters because one you're moving up the playoff ranking so even you know with this game the AC championship game you know the bowl game which we're shooting to get a New York's uh New Year's six bowl which I, I tweeted out yesterday I think it could align. Now, I don't know all of the, you know, there's certain tie-ins for certain bowls, but could you imagine a Michigan State pit New Year's Six Day Bowl, the return in Narduzzi? Like it, it would be, that'd be big time. It'd be a good game. At Narduzzi Bowl, no, that 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 would be uh, that'd be very exciting. I definitely be making making yeah. plans to get some tickets yeah. to that game for sure. Yeah, that would be good. I don't know. I did see another prediction. Uh, prediction. I think it was before the game yesterday. Notre Dame possibly because they're tough. They don't play in a in a conference. Championship, they're done. Their season's done. We'll get into that later. But you know, with the playoff, they're kind of just kind of stuck. It's hard. You know, if you keep playing games, you're going to keep moving up. It's hard to move up if if you're just sitting at home watching other teams play. It's just you know, it's a fact. But um, what do you think? You know, obviously, everyone's talking about it now too. Like the Heisman, it was. It's 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 shame that it's it's pit, and you feel like. Man, no one really watches Pitt. They're not watching Kenny. The dude is absolutely balling this season. I just saw what he was the first ACC quarterback with 40-plus touchdowns and 4,000 passing yards 
in a regular season. That's 12 games. I can't remember quarterbacks even getting 40 touchdowns in the season. The dude still has two games left. Like, it's just, it's unreal. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a more prolific season than to, to the likes of, you know, obviously we're going to name Clemson guys, Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson. Um, I mean, it, Winston. It, it, yeah. yeah, it's, it, it yep. really is amazing. And, you know, he, he's breaking records left and right. He, he, he broke Alex Van Pelt's record, Every, broke Dan yep. Marino's touchdown record. I mean, this is a resume worth at least getting the trip to New York City. Um, yeah. and, and I know the highs and what, it, what it's come to be is the best player on the best team. And, um, I think Bryce Young solidified himself to be in the front running after, you know, they won the iron bowl last night. And, you know, that, that, that could have been big for Kenny. Um, that was a big situation. If Auburn would have ended up winning, I think, um, Young would have been out of the front running. Um, and obviously CJ Stroud, I think is out of it because, you know, they, they lost to Michigan. Um, obviously wasn't the best performance. So I think with that, that should plunge Kenny into the conversation. Um, I think one thing, one thing that's not, you know, I hate to say not fair, but they, they love, the committee loves Heisman moments. So they want to see adversity. Okay, I'm down and I came back and won. Alabama, you know, Saban just had a clip this past week. You know, every team that plays Bama, they're getting their best. Like that is their Super Bowl. They want to beat Bama. So they've been in a lot of tight and close games. I get it. You know, you can't knock Kenny for just blowing out teams and not really having a ton of those, hey, we're down, you know, we're coming back. Like He's just been very consistent, consistently just producing on offense. I don't think you can knock him for that, for not having a ton of these Heisman-like moments. I mean, I think think his Heisman moment could have been the North Carolina game, Um, which, like, obviously a lot of people that don't pay a lot of attention to pit football, like, that was a big deal. Um, North Carolina is always a tricky game for us. We we always struggle with them. It's always going down yep. to the end. You know, not to mention you got Mac Brown as the head coach, and you got Sam Howell as well playing quarterback. Who came in the season was apparently was supposed to be a favorite. Nothing happened. Yeah. But in the end, like he, the, the kids still got ability, and he's still keeping them in the game. And yeah. Um, yeah. for that, for that, for for Pitt to finish that off, and Kenny had a great game that day. He just kept coming back, and yep. he kept making plays. Um, yeah. With that, I think that was his Heisman moment. I think what could be another Heisman moment um, is, this week. is this week. ACC Championship. This week, 100%. Um, if, it's going to be high scoring, I think, through the roof. No, it should, it should be really exciting, too. And it's definitely not going to be you know one-sided where Clemson just goes and just absolutely balls the competition. So there's actually, actually a lot of anticipation going into this game, I think. Um, Kenny Pickett versus Sam Hartman. See who comes out on top yeah. So that was the first part of the G&G show. Really just wanted to talk about that Pitt-Syracuse game, get initial reactions of that post game. What we're going to do is switch gears, hop into the college football playoff, uh, really initial reactions uh, immediately after the rankings have came out. And then at the end of it, what we're going to do is talk about that Wake Forest-Pitt ACC championship game, a little bit of a preview uh, heading into this Saturday. Gal, what are your first impressions from seeing – won the playoff, who's in the playoff, outside of it, and obviously Pitt. We saw that Pitt moved up a little bit. They're they're inching their way up here uh, to 15. I still think they get disrespected. Every time they do it, they go up one spot, two spots. You know, we're moving our way up to 15. What do you think? Well, I certainly do agree with you that Pitt 
um, definitely gets a little bit of disrespect. And I just think that's, that, that's just because of the previous uh, view on Pitt in general for the past, I think 15 years, really, it's like, Oh, same old Pitt. Like they're not going to, they're not going to pan out. They're not going to win. Well, this year's definitely different. Um, I, I think they're definitely worthy of being at least um, in, in the top 10, I think. Um, but as far as the playoff goes, um, I mean, it, it's pretty, it's pretty solid right now. Um, Where I mean, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think Cincinnati is very, very worthy uh, of being in the top four undefeated. Um, you know, to really point out, they went to Notre Dame stadium, um, beat them. Uh, they have a great coach. I mean, Luke Fickle's awesome. Uh, I've been following him since he was at Ohio State. Um, you know, he, he he's an Urban Meyer disciple. Um, he has real strong uh, Midwestern ties, and you know, he kind of dominates the recruit in that area too. And he's really built up uh, Cincinnati in a big way. So it, it's good to see that they're in. Um, it's it's always good to see a non-power five team make it, and you know, hopefully, um, hopefully they'll stick in it. I mean, they. I don't know if they got a conference championship coming up, but playing Houston, um, Houston. This yeah, now they're playing Houston. That's actually going to be that'll probably be the hardest game of the year. Houston is a, is a pretty good team, so I'll be. We'll see. I have little different different uh, vibes on Cincy in there. Obviously, you can't control, you know, who you play on the schedule that year. You know, usually if you want to book a harder schedule, the same thing that UCF ran into. Like you got to book those games years in advance. And just hope that you could sustain that type of, um, you know, that success throughout the years. Hopefully, you have the same coach. You got to have a good team throughout. Um, again, they're twelve and zero. They won all of their games. I think there's a lot of teams up there that would would dominate them. I think they should be in the playoff, just not this four game format playoff. I've kind of talked about it before. I think if you expanded it to eight, you have five of the Power Five teams, the winner of each. Power Five Conference, and then the best of the group of five, so that'd be Cincy, that's six teams, and then you have basically two wild cards. The best two teams, doesn't matter who it is, they're getting in. I think if you win your division, you win your conference, you should be in. The fact that there's only four spots and there's five Power Five Conferences is just like, you know, what are you going to do? But I think it will expand at some point, just a matter of time. No, and I think it should expand too. I think it would really solve the issues and the complaints that yeah. you know come out yearly since the college football playoff was created. Um, I mean, really, if you you really think on paper, I mean, eight teams is that, that that's perfect. Like that's all yeah. they need. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think in due time it will happen because now it's going to give just like you said, it, it's going to give those you know smaller tier schools the opportunity that for them to prove themselves. Uh, and give them that opportunity too, and really just like you know, go back on, on to Cincinnati. I mean, I think they they, they are kind of worthy because I mean, I, I thought their bowl game performance last year. I mean, they they only lost to Georgia by like three points, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember exactly what the score was, but it was a tight score. So, you know, who who knows what's going to happen this year? I um, think they definitely they're going to get in, especially if they win this week because you can't win and then get bumped out. I think they'll be in. I think it's a good story see what happens once they are in. But, you know, I, I do think that they will be in. One thing, now Pitt is sitting at 15, and there's a lot of teams ahead of them that are playing in either conference championship game this week or they're not playing at all. So from 15th at Pitt up to 7th, they all have 10 wins. They're all 10-2. and two. If you go down the line, Oklahoma's 14, they're done. 
Iowa's 13 are playing Michigan. Michigan State is done for the year in terms of, you know, conference and not, you know, playing a championship. Oregon's at 10. They're playing Utah, who they got blown out by a couple weeks back. Oklahoma State uh, is up there. Um, sorry, not Oklahoma State. That's Baylor at nine. They're playing Oklahoma State uh, in the Big 12 championship. If Ole Miss at eight, who's done? You have Ohio State, eight, it's done. I don't think Ohio State's going to move regardless because you know, they get blown out by Michigan, but I think people still, they kind of, I mean, they're a very dominant team. If Iowa loses to Michigan, if Oregon loses to Utah, which can happen, and all those other teams are done and sitting on a couch and Pitt wins this week, I mean, you could really see them move up, I would imagine, 11-2 and two team is better and greater than a 10-2 team. So, I mean, they, it's very, very foreseeable that they could get into the high or, you know, 10, 9, eights potentially, which would be huge. Absolutely. And the thing that I am going to bring up, and I'm sure a lot of people do bring up, um, you know, that, that is a pretty interesting scenario that you present. Um, that it's a big opportunity for Pitt to move up pretty far, you know, if this crazy scenario happens. But it's, you know, committee takes a look at it's like you know that that loss to western and uh you know we'll we'll, we'll take the miami loss that'll be fine because i mean you know miami is usually a tough team they they just can't really really can't just can't figure it out sometimes good yeah yeah but that it's just that loss to western michigan i hate to harp on the pass and 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 go back to that but it's like man like if they would have got if they would have won that game it had one loss. Yeah. I think that they, they would have been in the conversation a lot more, especially with the season that Kenny Pickett's having. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I just think if they if they handle business, they do what they have to do. I think they have to do it very convincingly. You know, obviously Wake Forest. You know, we'll get into that towards the end of like the actual matchup itself is a very very good team, high powered high powered offense. They're ranked right behind Pitt, so you know, they're virtually identical. I think that they have a really really convincing win. And, you know, a lot of teams aren't playing this week. I think they can really move up, um, you know, for next week when it comes out. So we'll see. We'll see when it comes out there. Um, along those lines, Heisman talk. There's been a lot of Heisman fan voting out there. The first day, I think Pickett, we, you know, Pitt really wasn't behind it. The next day, he shot up to one. I mean, everyone really got behind and involved. And they just, you know, I don't even know how much the fan vote goes into it. Um, but I think obviously he's very deserving. I think honestly to win it, but you know, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, if you're really comparing and I thought that's, this is a great point that, you know, we, we talked about this, you know, the other day that, that you brought up, it's like, if you compare Kenny Pickett's stats with the likes of Matt Corral, it's like, it, it's, it's really nice. I don't understand days. it. Yeah. Especially like he, he doubles the amount of touchdown passes as Matt Literally. Corral. And, and, and that's the SEC bias. I mean, that, that you're, you're going to get that. Kenny, Kenny's definitely deserving, um, at, at least going to New York City. Um, and it, it, it'll, be, it'll be a tight race. But we need to keep, in the fans itself, for how much power they have in this situation, we just need to keep pushing the Kenny Pickett story. And this game, again, is another one. This game's big for the program. It's big for playoff rankings. Convincingly dominating, it's big for Kenny. I think to go in and play – really the best team, you know, conference-wise, everything like this year, you know, I think that they have to be very, very convincing this week and just keep keep building and keep moving up. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there, there's a lot of excitement going into this weekend. You, you, you have Wake Forest coming off of an historic season, too. 
Sam Hartman, one of the top uh, quarterbacks in the country. Um, very, very versatile. Um, I mean, it, it really would present a great case for Kenny Pickett, uh, depending on the performance he has coming up this weekend. He just completely crushes it and dominates it. Um, maybe this could be his Heisman moment. Maybe this yep. could be, you know, say Pitt, you know, Pitt's down 10 or Pitt's down 14 in the second half. ACC championship. They come back. Kenny Pickett leads the charge. I mean, he he just has an absolutely electric second half, and Pitt wins. I think mean, that 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 just throws him more into the conversation as well. And um, you know, he had a shot uh, to to be a bigger topic um, in the Heisman when Auburn nearly defeated Alabama, but Bryce Young Crazy. came over top and just had a great finish, and I think he solidified his that's spot. What they, and that's what they look for, yeah. They have very yep. similar stats. I think they're both tied with passing touchdowns at 40. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously it's SEC versus ACC. It's just you know, there's different conversations with that. But when you look at, like, okay, who is the most outstanding player and then who is the most valuable player to their team, it's like, you know, I've heard people say, hey, if you throw me a quarterback at Alabama, I'm still – doing those numbers or, you know, it's close to that where Pickett, I mean, he, he is Pitt. You know, he they live and die by what he does. And obviously he has some good weapons on offense. You know, Addison is the best receiver in the country. But he Pickett is the most outstanding and the most valuable player for any team. He, I mean, yeah, he, he is the face of the team. And really, I mean, his stock has just dramatically mm-hmm. skyrocketed this season. And that's just because he decided to stay back another year. Yeah. He could have came, um, yeah, could have came he, out. Could have he left could have last left year. last year, but he really wasn't much in the draft uh, conversation. Uh, there weren't a lot of people rating him that high, so he decided to stay back. And just by him staying back, that's another year of film. That's another year of development. That's another year of you know getting comfortable with Mark Whipple's system. Yep. I mean, he, he it really paid off for him in, in the big way. And it, it is true, though. Without Kenny Pickett, I don't think Pitt, Pitt definitely would not be 10-2. I'm just I, – I'm 100%. just – I'm just being honest. Like they, they would nowhere near be as good without Kenny. 100%. Um, yes, I mean, it's a lot this weekend. I feel like every – really every week this season, we're really towards the end of it. We're like, man, this is a this, – this game is a big game. Like every single week is a big game. Like it just has so much meaning. When you get down the line in the season, every game just means a little bit more as you move forward. And even with standings and rankings, it's always better to lose early in the beginning of the year and finish hot versus vice versa, you lose at the end, it's just not great. It's just not good for any anyone. It's all about the momentum. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we could wrap it up here soon with the uh, just with that wake. Get into wake a little bit, just talk about them, talk about the preview. I mean, we've been talking about how big of a game it is. Um, they're virtually identical teams. They're both 10-2, and two, both 7-1 and one in a conference in terms of, Offenses, these are you know some of the most high-powered offenses in the country. Pitt averages 42.9 or 42.8 points per game. That's 10th. Wake averages 42.9 points, and they're ninth. Yeah, I mean, you, you really know there, there, there's potential for it to be high scoring, but I think really the difference here is, um, you know, who, who, whose defense is going to show up to play, and that yep. they, I think the Panthers have that edge going into this one. Um, but we'll make it interesting. I mean, I, I watched the, the, the Boston College Wake Forest game a little bit. Um, Wake Forest is a they have a pretty aggressive defense. Um, you know, kind of the same, same approach as Syracuse. Um, not like you know, big behemoths up front, 
but they got some athletes and like they they like yeah. to deceive on who they're going to be bringing every time and uh, just just to name a couple guys, I mean Luigi Villain who has seven sacks on the season. Um, you know, j- j- just to name uh, name a couple off the top of my head, there um, they were again after the quarterback against Boston College, and Boston College is a team that you know prides itself with having a pretty strong offensive line, and you oh, know man. they were getting the Trakovic, and they were you know getting them rattled, and you know obviously with that high powered offense on the other side of the ball, I mean it, it was it turned out to be a blowout. So expect Wake to really come into this game with the same approach and really just try to force Kenny to make a mistake. Um, so the offensive line is going to have their hands full. Um, you know, it's all on the center, making the right calls uh, toward the slide and the running backs are going to have to step up too with their blocking. Um, so, so yeah, that, that, that was pretty much uh, one I take on it. They're definitely going to try to get after their quarterback. They're going to want to try to flush Kenny. Another thing is they're going to probably try to double or have someone hovering over you know, a safety watching over Addison, I mean, they're going to try to lock him up. If I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm getting Kenny on the run and I'm making sure Jordan doesn't have a day. Now teams have tried to done that, try to do that all year, try to stop Addison and, you know, he's the best receiver in the country. But if I, that's the game plan. If now if I'm pit, what do I have to do is I have to run the ball. You know, we run it, we ran it, you know, okay. You know, throughout the year, I think this is, you know, when you get towards the end of the game, you get the champ or end of the season, championship games, it's defense with the championships, like we talked about, and running the football. Like you have to do both. You have to be able to run the ball. You can't be one dimensional. And on the defensive side, if I'm pit, I want to make sure that we could try to stop the run. Uh, obviously, you know, that's all you always want to stop the run. And then with the passing game, you got to try to limit because Hartman is very, very capable. Like he is a very good quarterback. The Duke and he has Absolutely. two he has 2,000-yard receivers. So I'm thinking they're they might even I don't even know how the run game is, honestly, because they just they could toss the ball a lot. Um, Harbin has the capability to take off. Yeah. Like he's he, got he, 10 he can run. Running the ball yeah, too. he he's a great athlete. So I mean, defensively, it's a matter of like, you know, we're getting to these third downs, third and longs. Let's not, if you're Pitt's defense, not extend Wake's drive by having a QB run. Or you know, something where now we're getting flushed out on a blitz. Okay, now I'm very capable of running to the first down versus a quarterback that's not mobile. So I think we got to stop, you know, Hartman running outside and like really his run game. Um, and then offensively, it's just finding other people because you you would imagine Addison's going to be locked up. I think the tight ends are going to be huge in the run game from Pitt's offense um, and just getting the ball to other weapons, uh, you know, for us. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And to really just build on, you know, the approach that pitch should take and some of the things that worked in the last game um, were, you know, kind of using your big guys as decoys. I mean, at, at first, I mean, they're they trying to go to Addison. I mean, it was pretty obvious and I, they're probably going to do the same thing. But at the same time, it's like, OK, all right, we got a key on these guys, you know, do a screen on the backside with, with like a running back. And that's actually how they scored the first touchdown. And that's when they got mm-hmm. the momentum going with the offenses. Yeah. Um, being able to have a good screen game going, um, I, I think we'll open things up and we'll kind of force Wake Force aggressive approach on defense to kind of like sit back a little bit, kind of second guess themselves and kind of confuse them that way. But yeah, say, same thing with the run game. They got to be able to run the football. I mean, everything has to be able to run the football. But set the up same, the pass. If you if you right. could run, you could pass. If you don't run the ball, it's hard to set up the pass. Exactly. You're able to run the football. You're not just going to be able looking at Addison. You're going to be looking for Bartholomew. You're going to be looking for Kroll. Um, 
it, it just makes your offense that much more dynamic. And I think um, the offensive line has the ability to do that. They proved it last week, and say they're, they're facing a similar defense this week. So it's got to be able to pound it down their throats. Absolutely. And I think uh, Izzy, uh, our running back, I think, I don't know if he'll be back this week. He was, I think, what, out the last Yeah, it, it, it was said during the um, – the, the very enthusiastic broadcast uh, from, from the from the last game. Uh, he did not make the trip, so I think he was hurt. I think they had him resting mm-hmm. um, back home. So hopefully he he's back to full health. Um, what he comes back and then what Hammond and then Hammond and and, and and Vincent Davis. Davis. I, think I mean that, that, they, that's a pretty 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 uh, versatile stable. And they're not there. great. They're not great on stopping the run either. So I think if we take advantage of that, it just sets up the pass, sets up a lot of the play action to get the tight ends involved and then go ahead and hit a deep one to Addison. I think I think it I think Pitt obviously we're biased. I think Pitt is, is should win. I think they will win. Um what are your some um what are your predictions on the score here? Oh man that's uh I'm gonna hold you to it. I'm gonna write it down. I'm really, I'm really not, really not one of uh, of scores here, but you know what? It, I think it's going to be, I think it'll be pretty, pretty high scoring. I'm going to go 35, 35, 28 pit. That I was literally, I was going to say 37, 28. Yes, and that's why I like. I think, I think it'd be right around that. I think it's going to be a back and forth. I think towards the end, um, you know, Pitt's going to have more. I think it really, obviously, there's a lot of keys always to every game. You know, can you run the ball? Can you stop the run? Uh, explosive plays. We always talk about that. You want to limit them. You want to get them on offense and then turnovers. You know, we need, it has to be turnovers. So whoever has the most turnovers in a game too, if you go force turnovers and really make those sudden changes, take advantage of those turnovers when you need to get points, not a field goal, when you got to get seven and vice versa, if you're on defense, make the stop as well. If it's in your own, you know, let's say you get a turnover, you know, within your own 30, 40, hold them to a field goal. So I think turnovers, it's going to be big, but I do like Pitt, 37-28. You could book it, write it down. Um, but I think it's going to be a hell of a game for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm just waiting for either Balonado or uh, Desmond Alexander just come off the edge and just, I mean, force yep. a fumble off Hartman and, you know, yep. just, get the, just, get, just get the boys rolling. D-line will have a big week. So we'll see what happens uh, this Saturday, AC Championship game, Pitt-Wake Forest. Um, Appreciate everyone listening to to the first episode of the G&G show. Um, Very exciting stuff. We're going to try to get this rolling for you guys, you know, as much content as we can. Um, Next week we'll have one just reviewing uh, the weight game, AC championship game. We'll have a preview, uh, you know, more of the Heisman, talk about some of the college football playoff rankings, talking about, you know, uh, you know, bowl predictions, selections, things like that. So, uh, you know, nothing but uh, good news from uh, here on out here. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Signing off here. Y'all have a good night. Enjoy the game. Go Panthers. H2P, baby. H2P.